Hello, and welcome to Screw Up the Podcast. It's the podcast where we screw up. Fail forward. And successfully switch bodies. I'm CJ. And I'm Emma. That that felt really good to say, because I have wanted to know if these things were as fun as everyone say they are. Are they? Let me tell you. Yeah. I got the yeah. best bra on right now, too. I wanted to show you, but you wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> that is so, that is not true. You I would, actually. I love a good rack. Yeah. You would appreciate I, it more than probably anyone else, other people. Here's the thing. I would appreciate the way that the light hits it. I would appreciate the... Uh, that guy hits it? No, I'm just kidding. Sh- <laughs> I would appreciate the way it sounds when you hit it. Uh, <laughs> I would appreciate the um, the 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 fabric choice, the color, the cut, you know, all that. Make stuff. me want to show you so bad. Okay, no, but I won't. You can't I'm- show me. You cannot show me on camera. Okay, I'll show you on the phone. <laughs> Just kidding. Today, <laughs> mm. we're talking about screwing up the diet, screwing up our bodies. <laughs> Growing up the diet, um, it's interesting because when I think of diet now, I have like two voices in my head, one of which is like the scientific nutritional aspect of diet, which is basically just like whatever you consume, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have the, uh, you know, trim spa, uh, California baby, palm tree, don't look at me unless you're a size zero concept of diet one is obviously very healthy and then one is very not and I think that it used to be like more ambiguous as to whether or not dieting was uh good or bad for you but I think we've all gotten to the point where like it's pretty unequivocally true that restriction based food eating is not healthy I agree I agree but I, not um, be, not because not be, even because it's food though it's because it's restriction based anything is not the key to getting what you want like you don't feel good about yourself when you restrict things from yourself you know what i mean yes that's so true it doesn't at all necessarily only apply to um food yeah. or diet restriction yeah. is not the healthiest way to get what we want from ourselves mm-hmm. very that yeah. is important but restriction not so much well, you know, it's interesting. Constraint is even like, it's like give yourself, if you give yourself choices that are like uh, good enough choices, then you don't even feel the need to restrict yourself from like, like meet yourself where you are with your diet. And I mean, I, you know, obviously this is going to be, uh, I'm, I'm already calling this as being like a a bit of an interesting because I think you and I have sort of opposite ends of the spectrum with, uh, with diet issues. And, uh, it's, it's hard for me to even say how I feel about food without sounding like I'm lying about it because like I objectively, I know what I am saying to be true, but I do not practice it. So it feels like I'm having a bit of like a, um, uh what's the word it's like imposter (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm giving um 
I, I, I'm having a, a, a HIPAA violation of, <laughs> I'm violating HIPAA on this podcast. This podcast brought to you by HIPAA violations. If you can't tell your doctor, you can't tell anyone else anyway, so don't. <laughs> That's, is that the tagline for HIPAA? <laughs> Yeah. That's so bad. Okay, so let's talk about diet. Emma. Who's going first? It's you. Yay! <laughs> the bit lives. The bit lives. Callers. Uh call wait, callers. That's weird. Uh listeners or yeah, listeners. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> consumers should we call our podcast should we just call them consumers that's like a weird thing to call somebody i feel like okay uh i don't remember what i was going to say i've completely screw crew (laughs) oh yeah crew hey listeners hey consumers hey consumers we are Um, all consumers of food as part of that's true as part of it, food is a part of the food pyramid. That is lesson number one from this podcast. You can't have a pyramid without food and you can't have the, pyra- the food without pyramids. That's why <laughs> I always cut my sandwiches into triangles. That's right. <laughs> I only eat triangular shaped food. <laughs> you, were you ever that kid where you were like, cut the cr- crusts off, dead ass? Were you ever like that? Yeah, but I had to do it myself. Nobody's cutting them crusts off for me. Okay. <laughs> That's for sure. So you were, so you were like, oh, I, there's the silver spoon next to me, but no one will put it. No one's gonna put it in. Yes, and I always cut it into four triangles. I would make a butter mm. toast. We had like vegan butter or whatever, and I that was like one of my four foods. I was a very, very incredibly picky child. So I would eat yeah. tortilla chips and ketchup. I eat butter mm-hmm. toast. And I would eat, um, that was about it. And uh, like fruits and vegetables, I was pretty good about eating because well, we were vegan. It was a right. very, um, that's what that was I like, That's what you eat. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Tortilla chips and ketchup would honestly throw me until literally yesterday when I had, we had some leftover fries that we re-crisped, but I made two, I made a curry ketchup to go with it. And I made too much of it. So I took pretzels and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good. And you know what? Of course it was because ketchup is amazing. Ketchup is, I eat it on absolutely everything. Oh my you God. did tell me that. And I, and I, I, I do not go that far, but I will say that every time I include ketchup in things, it always makes sense to me. Yes. I will say that. I mean, yeah. it's just straight up corn syrup and sugar and tomato sauce. It's it's what else could you want salt so much salt so much salt yeah delicious and it's got to be that heinz 57 one day i will absolutely have a tattoo of a glass bottle of heinz 57 ketchup on my ass and you just smack that 57 to make it come out (laughs) tag to our last episode (laughs) but you know what you have to do is that every time somebody smacks it you have to get it redone so that you uh, have the the tattoo artist build up the little crusties around the cap yes. so that it, look, it looks well used. Yes, and like disappear some of the ketchup out of the bottle over time, over the years. Like at every birthday, I'll get it touched up. That sounds perfect. My tattoo artist here in town is amazing too. And I, 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 he would do it happily. He's seen I me wanna... in every way. He's seen every part of me. 
I would love to uh would love to pick your brain about that another time because after after coronavirus I need a tattoo oh my god yes absolutely I have all kinds of suggestions I've lit I was actually calculating the other day and I probably have spent maybe 48 hours in in the tattoo chair or whatever you call it probably over over my 28 years oh over oh yeah yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like in one oh god like, wait, no. what were you getting done yeah just, like oh <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was born with a blank face, so he kind of just <laughs> filled it all in. That's what took yes, so long. I got um, a face, baby. <laughs> no, tattoo your name. Don't do that. That would be a screw up. Don't tattoo anyone's name, unless it's you know someone who's passed away, and you have you know, and only their ghost can ruin that tattoo for you. But, <laughs> I mean, no offense to people with names tattooed on them. That is incredible but, advice. No, I mean, it's, it, uh, it's not turned out well historically. Come on, guys. I think, it's, I think it's a bad idea. And I think that every single person who currently has the name of someone tattooed on their body and hears this would get offended. And then fast forward to two years from now when they're like, they were right. Yes, they come back and, uh, you know, a little donation for that. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the money up front, please. Because uh, whether or not we're right is irrelevant. Right. What we're saying is it requires money. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about diet with let's you. What you, diet. Got, what you got going on? Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. I was a little nervous about this episode uh, in particular because we're kind of going to take a little deep dive here into my past. But uh, I am excited to share. I feel like it's a lot easier to share things way after the fact, way after the recovery, way yeah. after all that. Um, and I'm only about a month or so into feeling more confident about my eating. Mm -hmm. So, um, but honestly, I also believe that it's easier for me to process when I do share uh, and I process faster when I'm able to share openly. Um, yeah. And again, the vulnerability, it's not about who I'm sharing with. It's about myself. It's about sharing in and of itself. Yes. So well, really excited. yeah, sharing in and of itself too. Right. But the, what is often a wonderful byproduct of that is like other people than listening and feeling uh empowered to share with someone else and let go of their uh to realize it's not so scary because it's all just like it's all in the past and it's all like it, it doesn't define you or create anything you know what i mean it's like yeah we don't it's, live it's, here. it's such an important part of the healing process to let that kind of stuff like live you know instead of just uh pretending it doesn't exist so Absolutely. I fell, um, I fell real hard into the, um, cannot be overweight by any means, uh, uh, box when I, at an early age as like a young adult, you know, preteen even, and was very, uh, always felt like I was, you know, too fat or too, you know, that I had cellulite even at, you know, 12 and 13. When I think back, I'm like, I, you know, probably not, you know, maybe not. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that a 12 year old girl knows what cellulite is. Oh yeah. I was very aware and I was very terrified. I thought that being overweight would be the worst thing that I could possibly be. I didn't yeah. think this as consciously as I'm realizing that I did now. Um, yeah. I thought it very screaming unconscious. 
Um, I felt like anybody that looked at me, that was the first thing that they saw is that I was chunky or chubby or husky or um, what my mom always called healthy. <laughs> she would say, you're not fat, sweetie, you're healthy. And I always knew that meant you're real fat or oh, it's not what she no. meant, but it's what I, it's how my little, my sad little brain would take it, even though it's not what she meant. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, because she, because it's like, it, it's um, whenever somebody else says something like that, they're like, oh, you're not fat, you're big boned or, oh, yeah, you're anything. It's like, you're not fat, but basically. But exactly. It's so it's terrifying. like, it's almost like it had the opposite effect because it was like, you're not fat, you're healthy therein sort of giving a negative connotation to healthy in the process. Too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, giving a negative connotation to healthy is the name of the game as far as like modeling in the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, That's I wanted true. to be wafy. I wanted to be thin more than I wanted to be alive for much of my life. And I wanted to be skin and bones. I just I wanted to be not even much skin. I just wanted to be a bunch of bones. And I, you know, and I- Well, like, that I can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have just all bones, all bones in here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, it would be so much easier to audition for one of the dancers in a David S. Pumpkin sketch, you know, if I was just all right. bones. <laughs> oh, yes. Except if I made a David S. Pumpkin sketch, then I, my skeletons would have a full pubis hair. As oh, <laughs> any questions? <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. So my uh, battle with my diet came really early. I felt like I, I'm not, I can't blame anyone else, but I know that the women around me in my life were deep in their own struggles as well. And I took a lot of that on also, and almost to a competitive degree. And looking back on it now, where I was like, you're upset that you're eating too much. Yeah. I'm going to eat nothing. Um, and so what, so I was probably about 14 or 15 when I started um, being bulimic, when I started uh, binging and purging. Mm -hmm. um, and looking back now, it probably wasn't binging. It was just, just purging. I'd probably eat the normal amount and then throw up after every meal on purpose. Right. And at, you know, 14 or whatever, I, I, I wasn't in school. Um, so, and I wasn't, uh, supervised, so I, you know, could pretty much do it anytime I wanted to after any meal. Now, if somebody was home at the time, I could just walk outside into the woods because it was North Carolina and just, mm -hmm. throw up in the woods. um, and by like 16, it got to the point where I, and I was even proud of myself at the time where I could throw up without using my fingers. Um, because I, 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 I knew what all of the feelings were. I knew how to turn my own stomach over a toilet so that I could get rid of whatever I needed to get rid of. Um, wow. and, and what really hit me, I think I was like, yeah, around 16 when I realized that my practices had worked so well that I was no longer in control of when I threw up. And so it's been over a decade now and I daily um daily uh have gastric reflux um because of this so i 
I just would want to encourage anyone listening never to do this, obviously. And also that these things, some of them, some of these screw ups have such long lasting effects. I might be throwing up every day for the rest of my life um, because of the way that I felt about myself as a preteen and as a teenager. Um, So at 17, 18, around that point, when I knew that the um, bulimia was going to, you know, make me keep me miserable i Mm -hmm. i was able to stop being bulimic and um and just because i had noticed the negative effects and and how it was becoming less and less controllable and Mm -hmm. um so instead of instead of eating the normal amount and throwing up the normal that that amount or whatever i went to uh restriction restricting my diet so much to the point um where i created a, a huge negative association between eating basically anything and I could find whatever reason this had too much sugar this was fried this was that this was this I just don't need that right now unless I feel like I'm starving to death I don't need it so mm-hmm. um it got to the point where when I would go to eat I would have all of these thoughts that would cause nausea in and of itself so I wouldn't I would lose my appetite almost immediately mm-hmm. and then um at around 19 or 20 is when I started like heavily smoking pot, I would say, or no, I was like 22, 23. I was basically out of graduate school. I did my undergrad in psychology and I used what I learned in behavioral psychology to create the association of nausea and food so that I wouldn't eat. Um, Which is interesting now. It's like, I really was not on my side for a lot of my life. And I'm so glad that I am now. Um, so after I got my master's degree, I, and I was no longer in school, I was able to smoke weed a lot more regularly. And that gave me the munchies and that Mm -hmm. like many addictions, uh, fueled itself a thousand times over for years where I had, I'm like, I can't eat unless I smoke weed because one, it gave me the munchies Two, it numbed the negative thoughts that I wasn't trying to control so much to where I wouldn't feel the nausea when I went to eat anyway. And what would happen is that's when the binging would happen is Mm -hmm. when I smoked weed, I would eat amounts that are so unbelievable amounts of food and, you know, milkshake after milkshake, I would go to cookout, which is a, uh, uh, a food, franchise fast food franchise in the south that you could go and for $4.99 I would get like two corn dogs and chicken fingers and french fries and a freaking milkshake and I would eat it all and and just keep eating and I would create these weird combinations when I was high of food and I really believed for a long time like I needed weed to give me the appetite and give me the um thought uh uh submission uh to be able to eat permission yeah yeah Probably. yeah okay. maybe yeah um what's it when sub subdition when you subdue your thoughts oh um we're right yeah. around it, dancing around it yeah i know what you mean though you, right. you need to to quiet the mind you need to quell the beast exactly exactly and the weed was good for that for a long time but what i didn't realize also is that i wasn't getting any better by doing this and that right. i was only getting um more 
dependent on the weed. And yeah. so I live now in a state where it where weed is entirely legal and there are dispensaries in every town in this state. There it's it's so easy to get and um and I've really had to cut back and um stop smoking weed and now the and now eating has it was very, very difficult in the beginning um, because if there was um, the times that I've tried to smoke, stop smoking weed in the past led to blood sugar dips that caused me to pass out because I wasn't eating. Um, they led to, uh, you know, losing a lot of weight really too fast and um, just generally not feeling strong in my body or confident, you know, with my abilities during that time. But I was able to get over the hump this time and get over that first couple weeks of having no appetite whatsoever, of of having to deal with my own thoughts for the first time on this, uh, sober, totally sober. Been you know alcohol sober for a couple of years, but the weed is um, is also a, a mind altering substance, yeah. and I and I need I needed to face that for sure. Yeah. Um, so. The good news is, is that I've been enjoying food. I've been cooking. I've been eating, um, and I I've been loving it. I've been excited for my next meal. I I've been eating healthy foods, and I've been eating a lot of them. Lots of fruits, yeah. lots of vegetables, lots of avocados and tortillas, and just wonderful things and pastas. And I've been, <laughs> I love you went to the avocado and tortilla because I know you're thinking about those breakfast burritos. Again. I have one waiting <laughs> in the next room. It's calling my name. I'm making these amazing like chicken wrap tortilla burrito thingies and they're so good. So healthy black beans and all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, and I'm just not allowing myself. I'm not not allowing. I'm I'm listening to the negative thoughts and then I'm I'm working through them i'm yeah. working with them and through them i'm saying yes emma i know you think this but but yeah. we're gonna think differently because it's life or death we've gotta we've gotta change this and it's been great it's i feel like two parts of me have been coming together the the part of me that has an appetite and is high and the part of me that doesn't have an appetite and is sober are coming together and now i feel high and full yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though yeah and and i am sober um and lastly, recently, and I have not told you this, but just last night I had another one. I've been having dreams um, where I oh. am eating things more because it's been on my mind and I've been eating more in general. And last yeah. night I ate a big bowl of this black inky tar type substance yeah. that I wasn't supposed to eat. And I'm just eating it and eating it. And I wake up, this is the second time I've woken up this way. I woke up spitting. <laughs> we talked about ruining mattresses last week so I'm, I'm i'm almost there if i do this again i wake up just spitting that is such a fascinating dream because it feels it's one of those dreams that it has to have like a huge uh in like it's an indicator of of something for sure yes. have you thought about looking up and seeing like what that means it could be a really common because I used to have a dream I, I don't have it so much but it was one of the only recurring dreams that I've, I've ever had where I would be standing in front of the mirror and I would pull full rows of teeth out of my mouth and yes. that I, I happened for years and finally went away like a year and a half ago 
I think I've had one since then, but um wow, yeah. The, the, looking it up and being like, oh, you know, this has a lot to do with I can't even remember what it had to do with because now I'm confusing them with was one of them yeah financial insecurity the feelings of panic around care care taking for yourself or for your you know your responsibility as far as finance it was i have my body being like yeah my body straight up being like you are this is what will start happening to you like it's no joke that you're you know need to um yeah i think that your story is uh one of many i think it is a a struggle that than I would have ever realized. I felt very alone throughout this entire process. Totally. And now looking back, I'm like, no, we were all struggling with this. I mean, especially women, especially women yeah. my age. I um, I, it's it, I'm glad that you brought up the the dreams about the teeth falling out or coming out. I've had many of those as well. The that's one of, and I have lots of reoccurring dreams, and that is that's one of them. Another one is um. Uh, puppies being killed, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> I actually wanted to make a point too. Not only is it dangerous for your stomach and your stomach lining and your digestive system to be um, binging and purging, but it's also um, because sometimes when I would smoke weed, I would uh, binge so much that my body was just like, this is too much. And I'd have to throw up. I would just throw up because mm-hmm. it was too much. It was just too much. Um, and then, uh, this is kind of a more embarrassing fact of all of this, but I feel like it's important and I wish I would have known because I, even as a young child, I knew that that bulimia was not good for your body. And I did it anyway, because I laid out, you know, the choice and I was thinking, well, it's more important for me to be thin than it is for me to be healthy. But I didn't realize that the stomach acid um, from throwing up on a regular basis is will degrade your teeth at an, an astonishing rate. And between mm. oh, the vomiting yeah. from the bulimia and the vomiting from, uh, I don't know how you were as an alcoholic, but I was a, an alcoholic that would throw up every time I drank. And then sometimes, uh, most times would throw up and then go right back to drinking and then throw yeah. up and go right back to drinking. Usually if I did, it was like, uh, it was night of, like, I wasn't, yes. I wasn't, I never I wanted to go to sleep without throwing up. Yeah. I wasn't drinking. much of like, a, I wasn't much of like a hangover throw or upper. Like if I was throwing up, it was usually, uh, while I was still drinking. Yeah. If I fell asleep without throwing up, I'd throw up for sure the next day when I was drinking. Gotcha. Um, and so all of this led to, uh, the degradation and the death of my front teeth um and and i think about you know as a teenager and as a young adult i never wanted any pictures of me for the longest time and there probably are only a handful of pictures of me between the time that i was born and the time i was maybe 17 or 18 Mm -hmm. and so um or maybe you know 16 or something but uh so now i have a career in in the performing arts and so my you know my visual aesthetic is important to me and everything and I'm I am fortunate enough to be able to afford to get uh both crowns on my front teeth but the long story short by 25 years old my two front teeth were dead and gone and and useless and uh, and they gone I can't ever get them back but thank you dentists because thank you dentists I'm always saying that Yes. Thank, thank our dentist. I, you know, it, it's such an important point 
I will say to mention this, but also to mention that it is not to be, you're not swapping one vanity for the other. It's not like, don't do this thing because then you'll look bad in a different way. It's like, don't do this thing because these are body parts that you live with for the rest of your life that have important functions that you need to show love and care and attention to. Right. And if you do this one thing, you know, or, or, and, and you know, I, I, I don't think you can really talk anybody out of, you know, that this kind of, um, mental process but like if you feel yourself going in that direction um do what you can to try and put yourself on the right track today now today yes now a small step you can do to make it easier to do what you know is healthy and right for you and make it harder to do the things that you know are unhealthier for you it sounds it whether they say it's simple but it's not easy it's simple but it's not easy and that's and you know too when you're you know you know deep down that it is the wrong it is the wrong thing and that like you said you're making the choice to do the wrong thing because you think it will net you better results there is absolutely nothing wrong with the way anybody looks is is born like people are born with different bodies people are born with different everything yeah. and that is part of what makes every individual person so magnificent and wonderful and beautiful and obviously you know there are different ways to view to be healthy with food and food is a very complicated issue but if you find yourself wanting to making you unhealthy choices because of how you feel that you look you need to figure out a better way to feel about how you look you right. need, it needs to come from, it's never going to come from restriction, uh, exercise, dieting, it's never, opinions. <laughs> you will never find happiness with yourself. You will always be chasing that feeling of being thinner, looking better. It never comes. You have to find it from within. Right. Because right. it's like, if you get to that goal weight and your mindset has not changed, then it's just going to switch to my yep. skin is bad. My hair is bad. My eyes. And I'd say the two big lessons that I, that I come, that I've come upon, like during this process of recovery, especially the last you know couple months have been mm -hmm. one, listen to my body yeah. and, and feel it and listen to it. Not don't focus on the taste or the look of the food, but focus on how it makes me feel and, yeah. and, and how, and not how it makes me look even, but, um, and the second would be that, and I think we've talked about this, but, uh, listeners, we, we um, consumers, <laughs> consumers, screw crew, who, uh -huh. <laughs> <Yoo> screw crew. <laughs> oh my God. No. Um, the, is that I, is that how, and I, I almost want to cry, but happy tears in this moment because of this realization made, gave me what I needed to really, really jump on this healthy bandwagon of, of eating enough and, and correctly and giving myself what it needs, uh, give my body what it needs. Um, is that how unfair it was that I was letting one organ, my brain dictate what the rest of my organs deserved. And that was so unfair. I was letting my brain say, your stomach doesn't matter. Your teeth don't matter. Your skin doesn't matter. Your fat is bad. Like, 
And I'm like, this is one organ and I'm a whole organization of organs. Like they are yeah. all important and my feet are important. My toes, my ankles, everything, it carries me you know, where I need to go. And I don't just let my brain dictate all of it. It's not, it's just one part of a, of a whole being I am. That is, that is such a powerful uh, message to think that we spend so much of our mental energy depriving other parts of us from the things that they and it all works in tandem too like it's all a bunch of lies because like you need food in order for your brain to to work well in order for your heart to work well in order for your you know even to the extent of uh you saying that water isn't important if you're in the middle of something or whatever you haven't you're just like laying there you know binge watching netflix or whatever and being like i haven't had a glass of water and your brain's like well that's not as important as me getting this dopamine hit you know from season two of the crown or whatever and it's just like (laughs) that shit isn't true go up and get a glass of water your brain is your brain doesn't know better your brain wants the water it does want the water like it it's needs just like if you've ever rolled your ankle your brain is like an ankle sometimes you can't always your trust brain, it it's there for you most of the time but sometimes it's gonna it's gonna make you fall down <laughs> and it's connected to your foot <laughs> yeah yeah the mouth for me (laughs) oh my god foot foot in mouth in brain disease you ever ever hear that emma this this is uh what did i i just have to say before we go to break that i'm so proud of you and i care about you so much and i think that you sharing this message is very important and i would hope that anyone who um hears it if they needed to hear it will take it in ruminate with it and um that they can start enacting real change because uh i know that you know what it's like on the other side but i can also see what's on the other side and let me tell you um the grass is uh is overgrown and i'm not just talking about your skeleton bush (laughs) (laughs) sprinkle with snow (laughs) i don't know what that means i okay we just we just had a snowstorm (laughs) We did. It's on my mind. I'm sorry. That doesn't have an analogy. It's all right. That's just your way of telling our our listeners that you were just hanging out outside full bush out, just like trying to get into the Christmas spirit. Um, I heard you can freeze them off. (laughs) (laughs) Just tink, tink, tink. I just hope our listeners aren't thinking pubic lice. On that note, (laughs) I mean, now they are. Okay, and we're back uh, talking about screwing up the diet. Well, you know, okay, so food is complicated. That much we we all know. Um, And I sort of have the same problem, but it was a completely different outcome for me, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, I had always used food as like a... I have a very quote unquote like uh positive I love food right I've never eating has eating not enough has rarely been an issue for me there was a time where it was a problem and that was when I was drinking a lot because my body was sort of like it was metabolizing the alcohol and I wanted to get drunker faster and I knew that that the key to to 
letting the alcohol be efficient was to uh, not eat. I use that excuse a million times over as well. I mean, it works. I'm just a waste of money if I eat dinner and then eat, then drink. It's like, or I like, you know, I go out to eat and I'm like, I would rather spend more money on alcohol than I would on, you know, so there's that whole thing. But I, I, I eat um, emotionally a lot. I did when I was a kid and I sort of carried into my adulthood. When I first moved out of my parents' house, I was rail thin, very, very small. Um, but that was literally because I was so poor that I was rationing my food. I was eating the same meal every single night of like, uh, you know, a canned tuna sandwich uh, in the afternoon and then a ramen with a slice of bread at night. And then I don't even remember what I had in the morning, maybe like a glass of juice or whatever, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But that didn't last super long, but that was, at that point, that was like, I, I'm at the same size t- height that I am now and like a hundred and, I don't know, like 110 or something like that, which is oh, wow. wild. Man. Yeah, very, very thin. Um, I've been 110 since I was probably 10. <laughs> yeah and I I oh man I looked so good when I was 110 years old um <laughs> throw back to last episode um but I had uh I so I would get drunk all the time and then I I would binge eat when I was drunk so what would happen was like I would not eat the whole day because I was like hung over and didn't feel well or whatever and then I would drink coffee or, and Red Bull and then I would drink alcohol and then I would get so drunk that I would be like, oh my God, I'm eating whatever, right? Oh yeah. So interestingly enough, that is sort of like my story is that now I I, I have, it's continuing. It, I quit drinking and I replaced a lot of my emotional responses that I did for alcohol with food. So now uh, it got worse because my metabolism changed and with uh, the coronavirus, you know, staying home all the time, I went from doing like 20,000 steps a day, you know, working in a huge big ass restaurant and then walking to the train and then, you know, oh, right. having oh, so much all that's so much walking um, to now uh, is like 20,000 and now it's like 2000. I probably get 20,000 a month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's not that I couldn't get that. It's just that it was so, it was built into my day-to-day. I never had to think about it. And now it is this thing where like, obviously it feels a lot better to shotgun an entire box of Cheez-Its than it does to go on an hour long walk. And I don't care who you ask. Uh, that is just unequivocally true. No. But I- uh, the moment it, that you're doing each. That's true. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I have gone on hour walks that have obviously felt a lot better than what it feels like to have a couple of cheeses. But I have, um, I will say that it's still ongoing that I'm still working through the emotional eating because sometimes I will toss and turn in bed for hours, not being able to fall asleep until I get up and eat 500 600 700 calories worth of something and then my body's like okay all right now you can go to bed um and it, it, i produce this very like i i have a you know you know this i have a very good breakfast i eat almost entirely like plant protein based stuff uh or or plant based 
Um, and I always, I cook everything too. Will and I cook everything. So I spend a lot of time cooking and I know what good food is and I know, but it's like something happens between 8 PM and 2 AM where it's like, it, you, you, you all seen the movie Gremlins? Look this at him now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, hey, where's that, where's that hot gremlin from the movie theater? Well, <laughs> feel old <That's> yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is her now. Feel old yet? Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it is a it is a true struggle. But it's it's a struggle in the sense that then I it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. I look at myself in the mirror and I don't like the way that I look anymore you know, and I gained 20 pounds in during the, the, during the lockdown. And that is a lot of, that's a lot of fucking weight. It's a lot of weight. And, um, I'm going to end this with the most positive spin because I now am still obviously working through that emotional connection, but I had a breakthrough with how I view myself and you already know this, but I really want to end this with the, the positive positivity of like how perception can really shift your life in incredible ways so I was walking I was I was actually taking a walk I did also have Cheez-Its that day but I was taking a walk um and I was wearing yoga pants yoga pants that barely fit me anymore do you remember this story yes I'm so excited yes yes I love it so they don't fit me anymore and um they kept riding up my ass and it was like i was so i was so (laughs) yeah i was like i I was supposed to say take a yoga pants that's what i meant yeah yeah yeah. i was about to say take a picture it'll last longer and i don't know that's not an appropriate reaction to that like you say that take a like say that to somebody who's inside your asshole um (laughs) but i was i wouldn't last longer if there was involved (laughs) That gets me every time. <laughs> if you take a picture, I will immediately come. Yes. Consent, <laughs> consent is important, but yeah, <laughs> I just had to throw that disclaimer in there. Consent is important. Without them knowing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had a, uh, so I was wearing these pants and I, I didn't, I, I felt, and I feel like a lot of people feel this way now when they go on walks, you feel, I, I sort of have social anxiety already. So like I already had an issue with getting too close to people or like feeling a little bit like closed off, but right. it's so much worse now because of the pandemic that yeah. I like- And in the like- city, it's different than outside the city. If you don't right. live in a large city, you might not understand, but in the city, it's very claustrophobic uh, sometimes, people-wise. You, you really very have Very claustrophobic. It's an effort yeah. to dodge people. Yeah, it takes an effort to dodge people in the, in the to the extent of where you will come to a crossroads at like an intersection and four people will meet at the same time. And one person has two dogs. One person has two kids. Another person has two kids and two dogs. And you're standing there and they're all looking at you like, you better walk through a car to get out of our way. Yeah. (laughs) You better, you better. Turn around. (laughs) Go home. (laughs) Turn around. Run as fast as you can away in the other way. You better parkour up the side of that building. I want to hear your feet slam behind me. Yes. What you looking at, Spider-Man? Figure it out. (laughs) I want you to be bit by a radioactive bug and find your own way out of this mess. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, I'm wearing the yoga pants 
and I have this constant thought as it's like riding up on me where I'm just like, oh God, like I am so big. Like I gained so much weight. You're so unattractive. And then there was another voice that came seemingly from nowhere, but honestly, I've been amplifying her for a while now. And it was like the sky opened up and said, well, well, think about it. When you're out on a walk and you see someone in yoga pants with a big juicy ass are you thinking to yourself oh god what a ugh, like get that big ass away from me no i am not i am i am thinking the other thing please put that whole ass in my mouth i'm thinking the other thing too like a peach that you just want to bite into there's a reason or it's the pride down there I yeah yes yes it is it was such a huge change in my attitude where I was like, oh, I might be turning people on with my body. Like I might be, just people might look at me and find me attractive. And it wasn't so much that, because I feel like there is a level of like, oh, people might find me attractive. Okay, now I can be okay with myself. It was more of like a, a realization that if somebody else could, so could I. Yes. Like introducing these possibilities into our brain and accepting them yeah. as possibilities are, is like 90% of this work. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Let me tell you, I walked past a bunch of construction workers normally, which uh, normally I would not do at all, regardless, because straight men make me scared, which is another podcast, but I walked past them and all I <laughs> you're like same. it's uh I mean I hate to say it but we out here uh not to alienate any of our straight male no, viewers no, I know no. you're out there we know you're there and we, the we, we see you and... we're not scared of you thank you for being yeah we're not talking that's the thing it's it's unequivocally true that if you have an immediate reaction to where you're like well I'm not like that it's like well then we're not talking about yeah you. that's perfect Done. it's that simple right <laughs> yeah but um I walked past them and I was like, ooh, sugar in the tank, fucking absolutely. I was like, this is mid, the, the middle of summer. I am wet. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get catcalled. And I don't think they catcalled me, but uh, I had my headphones in, but- it, They could have, I, the possibility is there. They, they could have, I mean, and I was ready for it. And I came home and I just felt so empowered by my body and if it turns out you know as, as like a, a what's the lesson in all this in terms of like a mistake the mistake wasn't that I gained 20 pounds in quarantine the mistake was that I was hinging my emotional well-being on whether or not I thought I looked a certain kind of way you know, and I would wake up every morning and, and I would look and I'd be like, God, you're just getting bigger. And guess what happened is that like, it created more anxiety and stress that I could felt like I could only use to deal with food. And now that I've freed myself and th thought of myself as someone who is, can love their body and can appreciate that. Now I want to work towards getting the body in, not in a way I want it to look, but in a way I want it to feel. Oh my God. Yes. That is so beautiful. 
Yeah. So it's the, sort of the opposite thing, but literally the same, the same outcome. Yeah. It's the same, uh, the, we, we, we definitely took, uh, roads that like went like this, but I think we're like at the same point. And I would say that, that, uh, that the overarching point of this is to listen, like you said, listen to your body and do what feels good and love you for I like it's I know it sounds gay but we're gay <laughs> so deal with it <laughs> no but like oh love your love your body because it's really not it's you don't have a choice you don't even have a choice you can't have another body this is the right. one you have Absolutely. did I tell you that did I tell you that I I lip-synced um uh I have nothing by Whitney Houston the other day okay so get into this so I was I was lip-syncing it and then I was I was in the bathroom and I turned and I looked in the mirror and then I started singing it to my reflection and was like oh I need to hear and and it never occurred to me that I could sing a love song to myself about myself that the love song would be you know, and I know that that's really like millennial, whatever. I but love what? that though. No, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. That gives me like just all of the good feelings, all of the hope and the resilience and the, and the, just the performative beauty of it is wonderful. I recommend it. I recommend it. Yes. it I, I, I made myself cry. I was like, should I be a drag queen? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. One. Yes. I would love to be a drag king. I do it on accident constantly. <laughs> because most of my clothes are men's clothes I actually had a dream again last night that I was wearing um boys underwear and it was green and anyway we'll 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 not talk about Emma's fucked up dreams anymore this episode but last night oh yeah okay what I think is really unfair though is that this is the second time you have you've been like uh oh um sometimes I dream about killing puppies anyway and then it's like (laughs) sometimes I dream about uh wearing men's underwear any, and it's like, you, go on, girl, give us nothing. But we no, an accident. That's okay. I just need that, that caveat on there in my dreams. That is, that is true. Um, and also, uh, we like to give little nuggets, uh, morsels away. That way you keep coming back and be like, maybe they'll talk about that on a podcast. And, um, you know, I hate to spoil it for you a little bit, but not only will we not talk about it on the podcast, we're going to forget about it completely for another <laughs> like. 30 episodes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I will do the same thing in my dreams every night where it will be like, hey, remember this? Remember that time you did this? And then I will be like, no, didn't remember that. Thanks, dream. And I will hopefully forget a few hours after I wake up also. But um, I did have one more disclaimer about um, both of us happen to be, you know, have our struggles as far as like feeling overweight at times. But I, mm. I have had been fortunate enough to have a friendship recently over the last few years of with someone who struggled with being underweight and that was Mm. mind-blowing for me you know I was so close-minded about it that I was just like how could you that's not a real thing but it absolutely is I mean people you know it works the other way too and I have some and I have respect for anybody that struggled with feeling underweight and trying to gain weight as well I mean, it's just yeah. all about being comfortable and, and happy with your body and, and accepting it the way that it is. And yeah, I think that the 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 idea of like shunning the societal belief that you need to look any certain sort of way and instead looking, going inward and saying like, what does my body need right now? 
Yes. Or what do uh, I prefer even on a, on a lighter no, note? What do I like? What do prefer? There's things that yeah. I prefer that are so far against the societal ner- norms, yeah. but I, I've accepted it. I like it this way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because like, what are you going to do? I, again, it's like, you have no choice. I mean, this is, uh, it, it sounds so like intense to put it that way, but it, you really don't. Your only other recourse is to deny yourself of the thing that you like for the rest of your life, which you wouldn't do to anybody else. So why the fuck are you doing it to yourself? Exactly, exactly. That was a big helper too. I don't judge other people on their weight. And the more I lived in no. this space of judging myself for my own weight, the easier it would have been to transfer that onto other people eventually. And that's not what anyone needs or wants. Of course. And you end up doing, and you do end up doing that, you know, like we've yes. talked about it multiple times on the podcast about how you project all the time, uh, onto people when you're like, when you feel a certain way about yourself, you know, and I, I just, if I want anyone to take anything out of this, you know, I am really glad this episode didn't turn into, I accidentally ate a banana when I was on the Atkins diet or whatever. Oh you know God, what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. I'm glad it's not that. It's very real conversations about people who have had their own unique struggles with food. Um, and just know that, like, if you're if you're out there, it's it's it, it is a it is a thing. And you uh, yeah, start today. Like you said, start today. And uh, hopefully, you know, you can learn from our mistakes and and learn to love yourself in a way that feels correct and sustainable and realistic. Absolutely. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. Thank you for doing uh, the podcast with me. I was so nervous about being so vulnerable on here. You know, it's not probably one of our laugh out loudest uh, podcasts. We got some laughs in there. We always have a good time, you and I, but uh, it, felt, <laughs> it felt good. It felt really yeah. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it is it would be doing ourselves a disservice to pretend like we're you and I are both like circus clowns all the time that need to constantly be uh jokey 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 haha as I like to call it hashtag jokey jokey haha uh but I am you know we're both very serious thoughtful people that have um that have been taking real stock and care of our own thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And I think that that's rare for people to hear in general, but I think it's even more rare for people to be like, wait, you're a comedian and you're like trying to be better. You're trying to feel better about, you know, I feel like people often go in the opposite direction. And, um, and I can tell you right now that like, that is, um, that is not a lifestyle that I plan to lead. And I don't, I don't want to pretend that things are away are one way when they are not you know and I always want to be as honest as possible with you but also as honest as possible with our listeners so thank you for sharing with me um on that note I'm starving (laughs) Uh, I'm about to I'm about to finish this freaking burrito (laughs) oh my god before we tuck into our uh to our respective burritos. Emma, do you um, have any information for the children as to where they can listen to this podcast that they are currently listening to? I do. If you want to further listen to this podcast or um, hopefully maybe suggest it to a friend, 
Uh, maybe they have their own struggles and they want to laugh about them or feel like they are not alone, which is yeah. one of the most, oh my God, it's one of the most, it's my favorite feeling I have to remind myself on a regular basis that, that there are so many people out there struggling with very similar things that I'm struggling with. And then if sure. we all just were a little bit more honest with ourselves and each other, then anyway, you can find us on Google Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, but like if you're interested in seeing the humanity in everyone, then maybe go to Google Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Anchor.fm, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast, and Spotify. I mean, we've got lots of options out here. We also have is... uh, an Instagram page at Screw Up the Podcast and a Ooh. Twitter page, Screw Up the Pod, and yeah. like a brand new YouTube page where you can find all kinds of great content there. What is our YouTube page again? It is uh, screw up the podcast. Well, that makes sense. What if I was just like knew that? Wink. What if I was just like it was totally like left field, like Tom and Jerry tickle the pickle. Yes. That's the title. It's CJ's personal podcast videos for just CJ. Uh, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Well, wow, Emma, I have to say now that is a veritable buffet of options to enjoy the script the podcast and you know what else you should do you should send us your trials tribulations and um trajectories sure okay if Uh, this touched you yeah if this touched you uh lawyer up no uh (laughs) (laughs) if if you're interested in uh having (laughs) i can't get through that's so stupid that i just said lawyer up um if, if it did, if you just email us, I don't give a shit. Email yeah. us. Sometimes we still feel alone sometimes. So <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice reminder. Yeah. So your your emails are our food. Yes. And it's, it's our bread. Them. We need to receive of it. Yes. Yeah. We want to break into your emails. Yeah. And share them. I want to. I want to butter your email. Ooh, yeah. I want to cut the crust off of that email and just get to it. I'm going to turn your email into a bunch of croutons. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm you can email us. your emails into my turkey. Oh my God, what? Stuff your emails into my turkey. On that note, you can email us at screwupthepodcast uh, at gmail.com. But after all of this, I don't know why you would. All right, Emma, I think that's probably going to be the end of this episode. What do you think? I think we've done what we have done again. I think, <laughs> I think it's over. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.